News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, a team of Irish soldiers and diplomats is being dispatched to Sudan to assist Irish people in leaving the country in response to the worsening violence in the country. Up to 12 members of the Army Ranger Wing are to accompany a small number of officials uh, from the Department of Foreign Affairs. Uh, we're joined uh, by the uh, Taunashtown Minister for Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin. Now, um, um, Minister uh, Taunashtown, I should say, thank you indeed for talking to us this morning. Uh, just outline to us how this operation will work. Yeah, basically yesterday I sought, go- I sought government approval for the deployment of an emergency civil assistance team mission to Sudan. That has to get formal government approval, um, led by the Department of Foreign Affairs personnel and then supported by Defence Force personnel, up to 12 Defence Forces. The consular team from Foreign Affairs has been on the ground in Djibouti since yesterday. The Defence Forces uh, left um, yesterday also, um, and they will be working, supporting our citizens. They're based in Djibouti. There will be supporting citizens who have been evacuated, uh, ensuring that they're accommodated in Djibouti and assisting them to travel back to Ireland from there. I can say, Shane, that up to 50 Irish citizens were evacuated since yesterday from Khartoum to Djibouti with the support of France and Spain. And this is part of a wider coordinated evacuation of European Union citizens. And I want to thank the French authorities, uh, particularly and the Spanish authorities, for doing a remarkable job um, so quickly uh, in, in uh, evacuating uh, so many European Union citizens and indeed citizens uh, beyond Europe um, over the last 24 hours. Now, the situation is fluid. Uh, we will continue to maintain contact with our citizens um, in Khartoum and we would urge citizens to follow the Embassy of Ireland in Kenya on Twitter at IRLEMB Kenya for updated advice um, and, and we will continue to, to maintain that contact. Uh, 50 uh, Irish citizens already evacuated. Does that suggest that there's a, still around 100 Irish citizens there that, that w- you will be looking yes, to, to help? Approximately. You will appreciate, Shane, that the, the figures can be fluid. There are dependents sure. in amongst those figures as well. Uh, a fairly fluid situation. We will be flexible and responsive because citizens will come with family members, perhaps, and so on. So we're not going to, you know, our, our attitude is to, 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 to be sensible and practical and responsive and to try and get as many people out as we can uh, in what is a very, very dangerous situation. And pending communication from the embassy team and from that team on the ground uh, in Djibouti, um, we're saying to people to stay indoors uh, and to stay safe until we uh, until opportunities arise or uh, in terms or arrive sorry in terms of of getting people out. Now, obviously, it's a choice for people themselves as to whether they uh, want to go or not. But are, is it the view of the Irish government that Irish citizens really should leave Sudan at this stage? Yes, and about 150 odd have registered um, with the uh, our embassy in Kenya. And so they're clearly registering with a view to um, seeking uh, evacuation. Um, and, and so therefore, obviously, we're, we're, we're responding um, and we'll do everything we can. It'll take a number of days. I think I need to say that. Um, and this is similar to Afghanistan, although uh, I think we're relatively pleased with the numbers that have already managed to get out <clears throat> overnight. Uh, and again, um, I think the, the, the French and the Spanish who have a presence there uh, on the ground, um, in, in Sudan and Djibouti in particular, um, the, the French. So they have a lot of experience on the ground. They're familiar with the situation. Uh, and I think they've deployed very well. Now, no doubt the uh, the, 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 the forces that we are uh, sending there will be are, are very well trained and, and will do an excellent job. Is there a sense, though, that they are flying there 
with one hand tied between, behind their back uh, for two reasons, uh, Thomas. One is they have to travel on civilian aircraft. We don't have a, an aircraft capable of <coughs> carrying out that mission. So as a result of that, they will have no guns with them. Um, uh, the, the second point is um, that they can only be 12 of them because the legislation does not allow defence forces to be deployed without the triple, uh, the triple lock. We ha- we'd have to get uh, approval from the UN effectively for this to happen. That seems to be an extraordinary oversight. Are they are they flying there with one with one arm tied behind their back? Well, two points I would make by that. First of all, I think we do need additional uh, uh, strategic airlift, as we call it, um, primarily to get people in place much more quickly in terms of defence force personnel. And I've ordered that we would develop that um, strategic airlift capacity. Uh, within a month or two of being in office, I in, in instructed and got government approval to do that. Um, what, and we what, cont- what does that mean, Thomas? <laughs> in terms of an aircraft that we can purchase that can travel far longer distances than we currently can to get to the... Okay. Well, wh- why uh, hasn't that but, happened? Because but, this isn't the first uh, time we, we have faced this. Scenario. But it has, it, it's now been actioned and that the procurement and so on like that, but that hasn't been the case. But I, again, I need to stress... I think the importance of that would be to get your teams out there much more quickly than sometimes can be the case, yeah. or in terms of defence forces that they would be on a plane, um, uh, you know, an Irish aircraft as, as, as opposed to a civilian. But again, in situations like this, we will always be working with other European Union countries. Be under no illusion about that. I mean, if you look at the numbers that have come out via the French team, and the French have. I think indicated this. Multiple nationalities are on that French plane. No, I accept that, Thomas. Um, but but, but, and, but um, are, am I right in saying that our troops are going out without weapons? As, because they again, have to I'm not travel. going into the detail of that or the operational nature of that. But obviously, we don't have a base in Djibouti. We don't have any military presence on the ground in that area or in that zone. Um, and obviously, we have to obey the rules of all, um, you know, in terms of civil aviation and so on. But again, the. I have to stress the reason the teams are going out there is because of quite experience. They're in, in, trained in terms of uh, difficult situations. Um, and it, it's a more logistical operation in terms of facilitating the evacuation of people and, and, and then their, their subsequent transfer on back to Ireland. Uh, it's not as if that you arrive out there and you immediately go into Sudan in, in, in a sort of a military context. No, fair enough. I think we need to be conscious of that too. I mean, the French would have... Uh, have military presence uh, in, in the neighbouring countries would be uh, a lot of experience there. So look, you work, we work with others, but that's not to take from the fact, yes, we do need additional strategic airlift capacity. We can work with other European Union countries perhaps in securing that that capacity as well. And that's something that, okay. that I want uh, to explore the, because the, the some European lock? countries have come together to develop that capacity. Um, and, would, and that would have been used, for example, in, in, in Afghanistan in the evacuation of, of, of European citizens from, from, from Afghanistan. Uh, the, the issue of the, the triple lock that we are restricted from, yeah, from back 12 that. soldiers, or restricted to 12 soldiers, <coughs> that, that does seem to be a failing in terms of the legislation, doesn't it? Well, it's, I mean, that's what people wanted at the time, back in 2006. And I'm having a national debate in June on Irish foreign and security policy to identify the threats and challenges facing us in the modern era. And one of the issues that will undoubtedly come up for discussion is the issue of the triple lock. Uh, now, the triple lock applies in peacekeeping missions. Um, it's arguable that the Defence Act doesn't strictly limit us to 12 people insofar as it does allow for... This is a humanitarian mission. It's not a, a military mission insofar as peacekeeping or peace enforcement, yeah. which w- would have to be UN-mandated as per the 2006 Defence Acts. Um, so uh, this is a humanitarian mission, 
um, and um, we would have the capacity to, to have additional numbers if needed. Um, and I think we'll take stock of what the situation on the ground is, um, working with our European Union colleagues in terms of if we need additional capacity at this point in time. But it is, it is something, though. It's an issue that, without question, needs a very serious reflection. Okay. And I have, I have publicly said, Shane, that I believe it needs to be changed. Why? Because we now have, as part of the permanent members of the United Nations Security Council, particularly Russia, for example, who are unlikely now to approve peacekeeping missions. So are we essentially saying that Russia should have a veto um, on Ireland participating in peacekeeping missions in the future? And that's a very real possibility. So yes, we do need to review that, but that would need a change of legislation. And I think we need to discuss that. And I think I'm providing an opportunity in June uh, over four days, uh, Galway, Cork, and two days in Dublin Castle for a significant national debate on issues of that kind and many other issues in terms of, uh, okay. of uh, the Irish foreign policy and security, but threats and challenges like cyber security, hybrid warfare, um, undersea cables and so forth. Okay. Uh, Thomas, thank you indeed for talking to us. We obviously wish uh, that uh, Army Ranger Wing uh, Force well in their operation. Uh, thank you for talking to us this morning. Uh, Thomas, Micheál Martin. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.